Welcome back to Division One Rejects. The start of football season means the days of talking about random shit <laughs> and speculation. <laughs> and this guy's traveling here, or he said this, she said, they said, the dog said, it's over with, fellas. What's not over with is that heinous ankle wrap you've got going on there. Hey. You're keeping it elevated, though. That's good work. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, Trevor. We're glad to have you back. I shouldn't rip on you. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, Kobe. Seems really sincere. I appreciate it. I'm glad to have you back, Trevor. Thank Extremely. you, Extremely. I'm glad Extremely. to be back. Gavin is here as well. We got uh, a much more full crew than uh, last episode where I was a f- uh, solo man. But uh, today, nonetheless... We've got quite the man joining us here in a little bit. That's Trace Jeffries, one of the newest Division One Rejects sponsored athletes. The offensive lineman from Pittsburgh State, uh, reigning All-American honors last year. Pittsburgh State obviously gave Ferris probably the best game of the year outside of the Grand Valley loss. Um, they gave Ferris their best game of the year into the playoffs. Ferris beat him by like three points on a, on a field goal, which was yeah. that was a pretty solid game. We've talked about that a little bit, I mm-hmm. think, before. But the Gorillas are going to be super poised to have an awesome year in the MIAA. Them and Northwest Missouri State obviously going to battle that out. So we'll talk to Trace here shortly. This is episode 123 on August 28th. And, fellas, week zero is not just about the USC's of the world, the Navy's, and the Notre Dame's of the world. We had some NAIA football played oh, yeah. this weekend. A good amount of it, too, actually. I was looking at the scoreboard. There's there's quite a few games. So we're going to recap the week zero games, uh, the big college football, and also the NAIA side of things. Tyson Bajent, looking at the D2 side of things, Tyson Bajant from Shepard University is, I guess, reportedly QB2 in Chicago, which is a surprise or not a surprise? Not a surprise to me. Yeah. Right? If or you know who, who's watched him, right? Like, if you know who he is. Like, yeah. Which is sweet because we were just dog. talking. He is a dog. We were just talking. The D2 guy who's balled out is now has a locked up, basically what it seems to be, a locked up backup job in the NFL, whereas guys like Max Duggan just got waived by the Rams. Pretty crazy stuff. Shit ain't sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't. There's some other T- uh, D2 guys, excuse me, fighting for roster spots. We're going to talk a lot about those guys. Um, Ronnie Brown, one of uh, his teammates at Shepard. Talk about Caleb Murphy, Trevor Nowoski, uh, and then another SVSU guy, Nick Whiteside, Keon Harris from the Falcons out of Oklahoma Baptist. Just some of those names we'll throw out there. Um, and also on the NFL piece, Matt Stafford wants to get rid of every single cell phone in the L.A. Rams facility. That. Yeah, you're definitely trying to get people's attention the way you're saying that, Kobe. It's pretty good, isn't it? That was quite good, but <laughs> yeah. that was a, it's a really weird story. It's a weird story. Uh, we'll recap that later. Uh, Matt Stafford, apparently his age is starting to show. Maybe it's all those hits to the head. But as always, you can watch this episode on YouTube. Don't forget about the timestamps in the chapters below. Fast forward to any part of the video that sounds remotely interesting. And you can find those timestamps time on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Catch us on there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Hit the subscribe button. Let's keep getting that up. Before we get into all that great conversation, let's head to the conversation with Trace. Join the show tonight, the newest D1R athlete, an All-American offensive lineman from Pittsburgh State, a man who plays football in the jungle. It's Trace Jeffries. What's up, man? What's good, man? How you doing tonight? I'm pumped to have you on here, man. That has got to be... One of the most electric atmospheres in small college football. I can't say I've experienced it in person, but you don't get a name for the jungle just because. Like, that place is ridiculous. Yeah, you need to come check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, actually, our first uh, first home opener this uh, Thursday, we're yep. up, we have a DJ in the end zone. Uh, I mean, we have fantastic support. It's crazy. You're kidding. No, no joke at all. DJ in the end oh, zone. Shit. and. Uh, 
You ever come to Pittsburgh, you drive around town, you'll see nothing but gorilla statues, even at the at the local Taco Bell. I love that, dude. You guys have like the, the walk to the stadium too, like the gorilla walk too, right? Which is yeah, something that yep. I think a lot of D two teams would love to do, but unfortunately they just don't have the people show up to make it a you know, the walk or whatever. You guys fill that bitch up. It's like a like a FPS team coming through all the way to the stadium. Man, yeah, it, it's just like uh, I mean, obviously it's all Pittsburgh, but you got like the frats and sororities. They'll be up there tailgating at eight a.m., ten a.m. No matter what time the game starts, they'll be up there, you know, having a great time. And then by the time we hit our gorilla walk, which we do from our indoor uh, to the stadium, which I'd say is probably about maybe a quarter mile, maybe a little less. But yeah, they just fill it up. We got the band in front of us playing the uh, dance team, cheerleaders in front of us. Uh, it goes pretty crazy, and then. Uh, we have our little theme song uh, as we're making our way into the stadium and we touch our little gorilla statue as we go in and I mean, there's nothing like it. Is there like a go-to for the DJ in there? Like what's the, I'm trying to think like South Carolina's got sandstorm. Like, do y'all have a, y'all have a song? So this is actually our first time having one, but I'm sure we'll hear welcome to the jungle many times. (laughs) Yes, dude. Yes. That'd be sick, dude. That's easy. That's a layup. Like that's actually a layup. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, that's awesome. Oh, uh, you no, know, you've been here long enough. It gets a little, you know, overplayed, but no, it's still awesome. I feel no, I feel that. I feel that. But yeah, <laughs> for everyone there for the first time, they're like, "That's awesome." Um, gorilla, <laughs> dope mascot, but the other animal and a much more popular mascot, the bulldog. Did I read you got a little English bulldog? I do. I do. I have a a little purebred English bulldog. Let's go, dude. His name, his name is Meatball, actually. Uh, no, it is not. His name's name. Meatball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I wanted to name him Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, He's dude. like gray and white. So I thought that would be a great name. But uh, it was for her birthday, so she got the name of him. She named him Meatball. That is awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a little bit yeah. late, but congrats on the engagement. That is awesome news. I'm excited for, oh, for you guys. I was like, Shit, we just met, but I'm excited for you. Um, no, we've got a, a we've got an English Bulldog. He's about to be six in November. Sarge. <laughs> Dude. Oh, that is awesome. I didn't know you have one. That it's is not as good as Meatball, but Sarge is, Sarge is pretty dope. <laughs> no, that is pretty dope. I, I love English Bulldogs. They're the best. That's awesome, dude. But we can we can talk a little bit about ball. Uh, you just got named captain again this year. I have to imagine that's a great feeling, especially, you know, talking with you, being a guy that transferred in, right? You're not a guy who came here right out of high school, coming from Abilene Christian, and, and coming in there and earning those guys' respect. And to be a two-time captain has just got to be an awesome feeling heading into this year. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like that. Just, I mean, having all those coaches and then obviously all of your teammates just, like, choose you as that guy to represent your team. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm so, like, so happy. That's probably one of my favorite achievements of college football right there is being That's a team awesome. captain. And, no, I mean, it is. I mean, kind of like Tom Brady, he said that was his favorite achievement ever at Michigan was being named the team captain by his teammates. And that's just kind of how I look at it and feel. And then uh, at Pitt State, obviously, we have great tradition. I mean, you got names like Sam Pittman, who's the head coach of Arkansas. He was the team captain. Uh, some other guys. I mean, uh, can't think of his name. He was the TCU head coach. I believe he's at UT now. He was. He used to be a GA at Pitt State. But uh, we just had some big names at Pitt State as a Division II school throughout the years. And just to be on a list of team captains along with people like that is amazing. Elite company, dude, and a, and a program that has won, I believe, more games than any other team in Division Two. Um, talking about, you know, the first thing that I tell everyone when they come on here, this is not a media day. Like, I don't operate this like a media day. But at the MIAA media day, you had talked about how 
last year, even though given your guys' success, you had the undefeated regular season, the outright MIAA title, that still wasn't meeting the expectations for you guys as a program. And that was something that you talk about those expectations are so high when you are a gorilla and you play, you know, in Carnegie Stadium. Yeah, I mean, those fans, our donors, I mean, they did so much for us. So that way, you know, we can put another banner. I mean, we have four national championships. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like I said, 12-1, and it sounds great on paper. But, you know, like I said, when you're really, you know what you signed up for. We're playing for national championships. Uh, I mean, we're not content with uh, an MIAA championship, which I, I, I believe is impressive. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. I mean, if you, if you want to beat the best or be the best, you got to beat the best. We play fair State. Uh, obviously, walked away, uh, losing 14 to 17. Uh, defense played tremendous that game. Offense, we didn't have our best game, but uh, I mean, there's just some situations there that we didn't, you know, get. But uh, I mean, we want that national championship. And I feel like we're even hungrier this year. Like, we know what it takes now. And uh, Coach Wright, our head coach, has been doing a tremendous job just leading us and getting us prepared. Yeah. And it's going to be exciting, too, because I know. I, I know you're sure you guys see all of it, like even from us, like the conversation is Ferris this, Ferris that, and, you know, Ferris is a chance to be an even better team than they were last year, which is crazy to think about because they have won those championships. But mm. I say that to say that you guys have a chance to be in that same boat as far as the amount of talent that you return. And these, like you said, these guys have tasted what it feels like to be deep into the playoffs, to play that quality of football against quality opponents. So I would put you guys – from an outsider's perspective, in that same boat of, yeah, this team's had a lot of success, but they certainly have the potential on paper to go out and be a better producing team, as crazy as that sounds, because you had the regular season and you had the success that you did in 2022. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fair State, they obviously, they deserve all that praise. They're back-to-back national champions. But, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously you hear that talk about us, Grand Valley State, maybe in that same boat. Uh, I mean, I think we just got to prove it, though. I mean, potential sounds great, but... If you don't go out there and perform every week, uh, starting with this game one, then it's all for nothing. So uh, we did return some great uh, guys. You know, we got Chad Dotson, our returning quarterback, uh, who's phenomenal. And I feel like just him having some experience, he's going to take another step. I mean, he's yep. a great guy. He's also a team captain this year. Uh, Devin Garrison, he's our tight end. That dude is like a Travis Kelsey. He's he's <laughs> unique. Like having him in our offense, it's just crazy. And he's even put weight on, uh, I want to say, like, 30, maybe even 40 pounds Damn. to where now he can get active in that run game. But, uh, yeah, we got guys like that. It makes my job a little bit easier. I mean, all you got to do is throw it up, and uh, Devin Garris will catch it somewhere. <laughs> I love that, dude. He was on – we just reviewed uh, Wayne Cavati's Harlan Hill watch list, and he was a name that actually made it on there. Now, you know, would that be a long <laughs> shot? Maybe. A tight end has never won that award. If there's a dude that could do it, it might be Garrison for you guys. You know what I mean? So, shit, if he's the Travis Kelsey of D2, we'll, we'll take that. Now, you talked about MIAA championships, especially outright, is impressive. The depth in that conference, especially the top level of that conference, is some really great competition. Uh, the rings you guys got, speaking of Travis Kelsey, <laughs> looked like the damn thing that they got the other year. Those things were incredible, dude. Yeah, they uh, they turned out much better than I thought. Uh, one of our <laughs> former team captains from last year got together with our uh, creative graphic designer on campus, and uh, they actually designed it together. But, yeah, it was uh, way bigger than I was expecting, and, yeah, it was pretty cool, but hoping to go get a bigger and better one. Yeah, yeah, we need a, we need a one-up, right? That's awesome. Uh, sure. Any big surprises? No without revealing too much, of course, any big surprises personnel <laughs> um, from you guys coming out of camp, anything you're pleasantly surprised by, whether it be offensively or just as a unit? Uh, I would just say, like, uh, offensively, just, like, I feel like how much more, like, focused in we are this year. 
just as compared to last year, which I mean, I feel like we did great last year, but I feel like we've taken it even a step further. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm just excited to watch Dubin McQuanqua. Okay. Uh, he's our DN. He's an edge rusher, number 32. Uh, this guy, uh, I mean, he, his get off off the ball is insane. Uh, I'm expecting a big year from him. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. I, I mean, I would call it, he has potential to be the defensive player of the year in the MIAA conference for sure. Okay. Uh, he's that kind of player. And then uh, just excited for some of our younger guys that have been behind all Americans that are finally getting the opportunity to play this year. And I'm, I'm just excited to see, uh, excited to see everybody, uh, their games coming to fruition and just for us to play together as one. Yeah, man, you're talking about the defensive end. I mean, you get a front row seat to that every day. And honestly, you know, that makes you that much better as well, right? Talking about, you know, iron sharpens oh, iron. And, sure. you know, I talk with Trevor, who uh, isn't here right now, but we, you know, does a podcast with me, who's yeah. our, he'll be a st- our starting left tackle up here. And, you know, he sees some solid competition, whether that be from the Grand Valleys and the Ferrises of the world and lining mm. up against, you know, the Caleb Murphys and those type of category <laughs> of guys. So it's always fun to, to quiz him on the, you know, because he sees all these different guys every weekend, week out from the GLIAC. So um, seeing it from that side, I'm assuming that you, you know, you definitely have an eye for some guys who are going to make some waves. But let's talk about that season opener for a little bit. Just in a couple of days, like you said, Thursday okay. kickoff for you guys against, we talked about the upper part of that MIAA conference, super competitive. I would put Washburn right in that category with teams like you guys, uh, Northwest Missouri State, you talk about Nebraska Kearney, like those kind of squads. Talk about the tests that uh, they pose for you guys right off the rip. Yeah, so Washburn, I mean, like you just said, uh, they're always in the top of the MIAA. They're a well-coached team. Uh, they're not really sloppy. They don't make mistakes, and they play hard, like, no mm-hmm. matter what. Uh, I mean, I saw this clip from two years ago to where, like, this corner just chased the dude down, like, 30 yards, two yards away from scoring, punched it out, and then they got the touch back, got the ball back. They play hard. They're well-coached. Uh, they do their assignment well. Uh, they uh, returning two starters on defense, uh, field safety and the defensive end, but – uh, three of the D linemen that are now starters, they were rotational players. Uh, so just kind of been doing my, uh, you know, study on them. But oh, yeah. like you said, they're a good team. They're in the topper, you know, upper half of uh, the MIAA. And I think it would definitely uh, be a good test for us to open up the season, for sure. see uh, where we're all about. And uh, hopefully we can all fire on all cylinders. Yeah, I feel you, man. And it's like, you know, they got a lot. Of, I shouldn't say a lot, but they got a good amount of love in that preseason poll. But then we're like, you look at those, and obviously I'm going to repost them because that's just like an easy post for me, like just automatic, just to throw <laughs> stuff back out there. But yeah. it's like you just can't buy into that stuff that much, um, you know, looking at and giving all that. But they definitely will be a quality a quality opponent for you guys, like you said. you got to respect them all. Now, again, talking sure. about what you guys return and why a lot of big reason why I say you could actually make a jump this next year, um, whether that margin is in the very large or whether it's just a, a small margin because you think about it, it's not like you guys need to make a huge jump to get where you want to be, right? It's just little moments and little different situations. But when you bring back 14 of your 22 starters, whether it be on, you know, on both sides of the ball, that's got to be really exciting for you guys. And then, like you said, you're going to have some underclassmen. They're going to have some really big opportunities, especially early to get their feet wet in, you know, whether it be, you know, either of those units early on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we definitely lost some star players. Like I'm sure everybody has. Yeah. But uh, I feel like we've done a great job. Like, our coaching staff has been tremendous in, uh, as far as recruiting. Uh, when you covered Pitt State earlier this year, you know, you mentioned how we got, like, three transfers. We actually have four transfer alignment uh, okay. from FCS schools, or three of them from FCS, one from uh, another D2 from West wow. Texas. And they've stepped in, and they've uh, they've done a great job just filling in and competing for starting roles. And 
Uh, we'll see how it shakes out on uh, Thursday on who's starting or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even at receiver, just every position, I felt like maybe we lacked depth or needed some more players. Coaching staff has done a great job. And then obviously it's a little bit easier recruiting when you're winning. So uh, Hell yeah, and then our, our facilities make it a little bit easier, you know, having an indoor, having that nice little stadium we have, you know, great, yeah. great room, great, uh, great, uh, you know, medical training room. I mean, we're just blessed that, you know, Pitt State, we have, I would say we have FCS level, you know, resources. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. Yeah, and it's like I make the analogy a little bit of like um, the NFL team that knows they're poised to make a run, like they throw all their chips in, right? And, you know, D2, yeah, it's not exactly apples to apples. Like I'm not an idiot. But, you know, you can definitely tell when a team knows like, hey, this is our window. Like, And when you're at Pitt State, you could argue that every year is your window. But, you know, looking at that and when you see these teams make certain moves and they add in this talent from different squads and and, you're, and especially I think a, a great – um, tell of that, maybe not with you guys as much because you don't play a lot of out-of-conference, but when you look at these teams and who they're scheduling for their out-of-conference games, right? Like Grand Valley and Mines play this week. That's going to be probably yeah, the best week one sure. game. You look at some of these out-of-conference games, Ferris State's going to Montana. Like you've got some of these teams <laughs> yeah. that if you know you're going to be good, like you're going to schedule these crazy games. You guys just signed a deal with uh, Sioux Falls to have them come down and yep. play. That's yeah. a quality opponent in themselves. So um, it feels like, Maybe on a lesser scale, we're not talking about playing salary cap gymnastics with the gorillas, but it feels like that is kind of the energy of, you know, everyone around this program knows like, hey, this is our time to really go all in on this. And we have to do that if we want to get the result that we want. Yeah, for sure. And uh, just like last year, we went 11 and 0. You know, we got the GLIAC in our uh, in our region. So you obviously you got Fair State and Grand Valley State. They were ranked one and two. We were probably like top four, top five. But uh, we went 11-0, won our conference, and we were still third in our region. So we realized, like, we'd have to play out of conference. So that way, you know, we could build our out-of-conference strength of schedule. So that way, when we go into the playoffs, that could help us maybe get, like, a home game. Yeah. Instead of going up to Ferris, maybe Ferris would have came to us. Uh, so I think our coaching staff and uh, our athletic director, Jim Johnson, did a great job of recognizing that and just making the move. So that way, like, when we get that opportunity, maybe we can get more uh, home playoff games and – yeah, I mean, big. nothing gets the jungle rocking like that. That's big, dude. Yeah, and defensively, I'm mean, talking about the other side of the ball, you guys hold mm-hmm. opponents to 100, under 100 rushing yards last year per game, which is like, <laughs> that's a nice little stat right there. Like You talked about that defense is suffocating, even uh, you know against some of those squads in the playoffs. Um, that first-round playoff game for you guys, they pitched a shutout, I'm pretty sure, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it shut out. If they scored, want, it, it definitely would have been the late fourth quarter. Yeah, I'm gonna say I want to say that was a big old goose egg on that. Um, but that defense sure. is intimidating to play against for a lot of these opponents. Uh, only 12 rushing touchdowns on the year. What is it like practicing against that front seven? Obviously, making your unit on the other side of the ball a lot better. Man, it, it's a great test. I mean, like you just said, like holding people under 100 yards. They do a great job. I mean. Um, obviously lost a couple of linebackers, but yep. they, they do a fantastic job just doing like what they're asked to do. And they, they really helped us out on offense, especially in some of those bigger like games against Northwest. I mean, we probably had like six or seven, uh, three and outs in the second half. And I mean, they probably played like 20 minutes of that second half and yeah. they did a tremendous job even when they were tired, just pushing through and making plays. I mean, when you got to go see TJ Davis from Nebraska Kearney and Braden Gleason from Emporia State. Mm-hmm. This guy's on the Harlan Hill. Watch this. You know, de- de- deservingly so. 
But, like, when you go play opponents like that and you're able to hold, like, T.J. Davis, I mean, he's like the Lamar Jackson of D2. You hold that kind of offense like that under, like, 100, you know, 100 yards. But, I mean, obviously that's big praise for T.J. Davis. But if you ever get a chance to check him out, check his highlights out, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Dude is shifty. Uh, They got a new head coach. But, uh, I mean, Northwest, they did a great job against Northwest. They just did a great job in those big games, just uh, capitalizing. And uh, just making big plays when we needed them. Yeah, stepping up, dude. That's big time. You guys are going to do it a lot this year, I got no doubt. I already know the answer to this. What is, at the end of the year, we fast forward, what does the end result have to be to be considered a success in your eyes for this squad? Like you said, you know the answer. Uh, national championship, it's my senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm playing with a lot of other seniors. We have nothing to lose. Uh, national championship or bust. I mean, it's the same mentality from last year. We're carrying on to this season, and uh, we're just focusing on being all in and all forward. Uh, our head coach, Coach Wright, uh, he's just this little, like, uh, graph of, like, Mount Everest and how, like, these, uh, you know, people that climb it start up, you know, base camp. They got to go up to camp one, and they got to go back down to base camp and get acclimated. And it's basically just, like, taking these progressive steps. And uh, we're starting from base camp. We're starting all over again. Uh, we're not happy with the success of last year. It's easy to be content and satisfied, and that's what I feel like when you have a slump. So, uh, yeah, it's a national championship or bus, and uh, I got a hundred other guys that have the same mindset. Yeah, base camp, that's good. I like that. You got all these <laughs> FCS guys in the front line. There is that going to be you get a bunch of hogs up there, dude? It's going to be one of the bigger lines in that league. Yeah, we, uh, we definitely added some more size. Uh, Joel Stevens from Eastern Illinois. Okay. He's like six eight. Uh, new center from West Texas A&M. He was a two-time captain, two-time all-conference guy there. Okay. Uh, Zane Madison, that dude can move. When he pulls he, in the open space, that dude is moving. Uh, then the blue ball, he came from Northwestern State, uh, which I believe was in the Southland. Uh, I mean, he's looking pretty good. He's He was a uh, tackle there. He does a great job, great, you know, great set. Uh, probably not the biggest. And then the last guy we added was Aiden Chance. He, he's also a guard. Uh, and he, I'd say he's about 6'3", but, yeah, I mean, that's just adding more size and depth to the big old line we already have. Absolutely, dude. It's going to be a dangerous unit. Y'all going to be dangerous here. Trace, I'm excited to have you be a part of uh, this thing with us, and then obviously following you, man, you know, you got a couple fans in us over here, brother. I appreciate you coming on tonight. That's all I got for you. <laughs> man, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, you guys do a terrific job. Uh, at the end of the season, you know, I'll have a little bit more free time if you want me to help uh, break down some O-line, D-line play with, uh, you know, your your teammate that would be, be clean awesome, that would be clean i like that yeah. idea i'm gonna pitch that to him yeah that, that would be awesome man I, I love what y'all are doing keep going and that setup you got over there is sick yes dude thank you trace <laughs> yeah, you're the no man. Problem, man yeah i'll talk yeah, to you brother have a good night yeah man you too thank you appreciate you of course i appreciate trace joining us uh we're gonna keep right on the d2 side of things fellas talk about um another offensive all-american in the d2 level former all-american that being this guy right here Tyson Bajan, the new QB2 for the Chicago Bears. This guy has looked incredibly poised and cool, calm, and collected. All the C's um, in the professional football world. It looks like, from an outsider's perspective, he's locked up this backup job. Because if you scroll down from our tweet here, from uh, Ari Mirov here, it says the Bears have informed quarterback P.J. Walker that he is being released. Walker got $2 million guaranteed from Chicago, but couldn't hold on to the backup spot during camp and preseason. $2 million guaranteed for a backup quarterback, and they still have the balls to cut him. That part for me was pretty surprising. Shit ain't sweet. It is not, dude. 
Like, they're willing to take a $2 million minimum loss to get you off of their roster. That must show how, like, well Tyson Bajan must have played. Right? Yeah, he was playing really well. Because I'm going to assume P.J. Walker didn't play that bad because we, we've seen him play in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. He played you, a ton of meaningful football for yeah. Carolina last yeah. year. Yeah. The past couple years. Yeah. I think the past two years. Yep. So, so you know Tyson Bajan must have just balled out all of camp. And yeah. And then... Did well in the preseason games, too, as we saw. Yeah, and we'll look at his stats here uh, in, a, in a few minutes because we always look at the quarterbacks, right, his numbers and ratings and all these things. But, yeah, P.J. Walker's a dude who has, has been around. I'm sure it will probably land somewhere. Uh, he's been playing some type of professional football for years now. I mean, with the remember him with the Roughnecks. He was, like, he was the best player in the league. He was the yeah, most I'm, electric player in the XFL, dude. I don't mm-hmm. know if you, you guys watch him play at yeah, all. Yeah, I remember really. him. And then he got a shot in the NFL. Uh-huh. Yeah, him and Sam and Darnold kind of went back and forth. And I know you and I, Gavin, talked about it. He had that game of his life. I think it was against the Lions. It was. He threw, like, over 300 yards. Yeah, it was, like, pissed me off. It was. Because you're watching this, you're like, this dude is like a journeyman quarterback. Was that the game game last year? Yeah, wasn't it? I think so. Just tearing us up, dude. I think so. Him and then their two running backs, too, just Yeah, that game sucked. (laughs) It was embarrassing to be a Lions fan. That's not the first time you've said that. Probably won't be the last, but this year we have a lot more hope. But Damn. sticking on the talk of Tyson Bajant right here, here's the stats for you. Just wait until um, he's a starter and within... Justin Fields is a bust. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Jimmy Martin. Oh, Shepard Justin... Football is too... says he is him. 156 passing yards, 20 completions, two rushing touchdowns. Did they spell rushing with the C? Am I reading that correctly? <laughs> Bro, let's get a zoom in on that. Yeah. <laughs> Rushing touchdown. Hear me now and hear me clear, Shepherd Football. Get it together. Spelling <laughs> wrong. We call yourself a university. That is not a great look. Someone did not proofread that. But the numbers themselves do speak uh, pretty highly because you think about it, those stats for two games for a quarterback, you might think, oh, that's not great. But think about how many opportunities he's actually got because they were splitting time between a handful of quarterbacks um fields obviously got his touches then you look at pj walker and then uh is it nathan peterman was the other one as well yeah yeah, yeah. so you talk about four guys that are all getting King. shots yeah <laughs> the legend now, himself bajan did have an interception they did not include that on this graphic of course but he did throw an interception i believe in the most recent preseason game probably less than peterman probably that's not hard though <laughs> he loves those things <laughs> <laughs> him and he, dak oh no, Dak's not throwing one all year, he said. so. No, he did not say that. I think he said, like, under six, under five or six. Yeah, okay, Dak. Didn't he? Yeah, well, in practice. <laughs> maybe. We per, saw, like, six per of them game. recorded. Yeah. Per game. We're going to see, like, he's going to throw, like, 30 picks this year. Oh, Jesus. Game six, Trey Lance is going to come off the bench, and the rest <laughs> is history. Yeah. Dude, Tyson, though, if you've been watching, like, he has – like, we talk about how he's, like, cool, calm, and collected. Like, he has that composure. I yeah. think this is really important for a quarterback. But then he goes and, like, rips off a 15-yard run for a first down or runs into yeah, the end zone. Yeah. And he's, he's like, fast, he too. is. And then afterwards, it's always, like, he's, yeah. like, he, don't get it wrong. Like, he's got composure, but the dude has, like, moxie to him, too, because he's a fucking winner. Like, that's just what he is. Yeah, you I was watching I mean? him on Saturday, and the dude how is just big is comfortable as shit on the Do field. You know? Yeah. Like, how, how, he's not really undersized, is he? Tyson Bagent is listed at 6'3", 210 pounds. Yeah, he's a big dude. That's, a big that's dude. actually, yeah. It's, it's, that's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, for the NFL, it's not crazy. For but a quarterback, for that's, a quarterback. that's a good-sized quarterback. 
I, sp- I guess when you look at it now, right, because the, the smaller statured quarterbacks have become much more of a norm. Um, yeah. I think 10 years ago, that's a very average-sized NFL quarterback, oh, yeah. right? But now when you talk about guys like I Baker, mean, who has been balling out, by the way, guys like Kyler, guys like Russ, guys like, you know, that. Towers over Kyler. Yeah. Baker, I don't know. I saw, I saw you made that face. Baker's been balling. In the preseason. I'm just saying. How many games has he started in the NFL? He should be balling in the preseason. I'm just saying. Baker's back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just, let's stick on the Buccaneers for a second. Uh, Ronnie Brown, the running back from Shepard, the teammate of Tyson Bajant, currently with the Bucs. Uh, he's got this preseason 12 carries, 33 yards, which for me was really surprising for Ronnie Brown because anyone who saw him play in college at Shepard knew that this guy, anytime he touched the ball, was a potential home run. Like, mm-hmm. he might have had the most elite speed on that Shepard team that has placed multiple dudes in the NFL just this year. Um, Joey Fisher's another one that I guess we could talk about a little bit, the tackle for the 49ers, um, who seems to be carving out a spot for, on that roster. But Ronnie Brown in particular, 12 carries, 33 yards. I was surprised that, you know, keep giving a guy like that chances, eventually he's going to bust through and just make something happen, I guess. But I don't know if you guys knew anything about him. I didn't know. Like, I feel like I haven't heard much, as much about him as, like, Tyson Bajant. And... Yeah, and that comes with the quarterback position, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, I, I, I knew of him because of being on the – podcast obviously but yes i didn't know much about his game and like you i didn't know that he was like a explosive type running back like like yeah you're saying no he he definitely uh he definitely is um and looking at his stats from this past season i just pulled them up here i mean he ran for you know almost 1900 yards he had um let's look at some of his long touchdown runs in these games like these, these numbers i'm about to rattle off are like individual game long runs so Looks like here, a 48-yard, 73, 85, 76, 61, 75. Like, Jesus. in each of these games, he's busting off, it, you know, a huge run in mm-hmm. each of these contests. So, um, that for me was, like, the biggest piece of his game that I saw. He had uh, some pretty propici- proficient stuff out of the backfield, excuse me, as well. Like, a couple of these receptions are going for 60 and 70 yards, too. So, like, he has some crazy speed where... Like I said, he literally is a home run shot every time he gets the ball in his hand. So I'm assuming it's just one of those things at the running back position. You just have to keep getting fed the ball until you just get the one that goes. Yeah. I think there's not really much a better way to say that. Yeah. I don't know. Otherwise, um, or the other Trevor, not the one sitting in the seat, Trevor Nowoski, Saginaw Valley. We've got two Saginaw Valley guys to talk about today. Trevor Nowoski, the linebacker from SVSU, still with the Lions, as far as we know, right? That hasn't made any no, of those cuts. No. Yeah. Most so, of the predictions have him making the team, too. That'd be pretty sick, too. That'd be awesome. I mean, talk about that linebacker room, too. The last couple of years, some of the picks they've got in there. Um, Rodrigo, obviously, being a late-round pick um, and turning into the player that he was last year as a rookie for them. Anzalone kind of being the veteran leadership for them. They bring in Jack Campbell this past year, who now has some super high expectations. Yeah. Um, and he's had, be... he'd have the best name in that linebacker room by far. <laughs> Anzalone is pretty cool. First name is Alex. I mean, it's not really anything crazy. I was talking about Trevor Nawaz. I know, but I'm saying I'm trying, to, I'm trying to compare. Funny. I'm, I'm trying to compare. That's why I laughed. Jesus. Uh, right now, he's got 10 total tackles, six solos in their preseason game. So, um, has been out there producing. I don't think um, he's made, similarly, I don't think he's made a ton of headlines. But no. at a position like that, do you really need to? Right? No, don't. Just, you don't. Usually a linebacker doesn't get a ton of headlines. Unless and if you're they like, do, 
Might not be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Jack Campbell's getting headlines because he was a first-round pick. Absolutely. Like, he has to. Yep. And Trevor Nowoski was a UDFA, an undrafted yeah. free agent. So, yeah, that's big time. The other Saginaw Valley guy we'll talk about is Nick Whiteside. He's a cornerback. Um, he's playing for the Commanders right now. He's got two solo tackles uh, listed, but um, obviously at corner, that's not really what you're getting paid to do. Right. He had some really big PBUs in their most recent preseason game. I don't know if you saw a couple of those plays he made right on their sideline. Uh, was pretty sweet, like, to get the reaction from all the guys over there. Like, they seem to love him over there. Uh, I've seen a ton of great stuff coming out of their camp about Whiteside and what he's been doing. He's listed as 6'1", 200 pounds, so he's got a, a solid frame on him. He was yeah. an All-American out of Saginaw Valley, fought a couple injuries while he was playing for the Cardinals, but um, we had the chance to play against him a couple times, and I will tell you that our receivers did not have a lot of success when he was in the field. No. So, pretty sweet stuff. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Keelan Harris, wide receiver from Oklahoma Baptist. He's with the Falcons right now. He's got seven receptions for 76 yards. Gavin, you said he led the team. Yeah, he in, balled out in their last game. There you go. Led the team receiving yards, the I think, right? receiving yards, yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Oklahoma Baptist, man. I Before I read about him, we talked about him a couple times in the pod. Before I read about him, I didn't know much about that squad. So, they can come from anywhere, man. If, if What's the saying? Like, if you can play, they'll find you. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. If you can play, damn it, they'll find you. <laughs> Finally, though. We talk about this guy a lot, Caleb Murphy, the defensive lineman from Ferris State, which, by the way, uh, we didn't mention Austin Sealer, the Ferris State alum, just got a three-year, 36 or $37 million extension with the Miami Dolphins. Damn. Big time. Holy shit. Shout out to him. That is big time news. That is so crazy, dude. Yeah. Well, that nuts. is like, obviously, any money you make in the NFL, like any million dollars is, is life-changing, so I don't want to make it sound, but that is life-changing, generation, yeah, family-changing like money. Generations. Yeah. Of 36 yeah. mil, come on now. That is a huge deal. Cash. Yeah. So the tandem of, of Sealer and uh, Chris, Christian Watkins, right? Those Wilkins. two. Wilkins, thank you. Um, on the inside there for the Dolphins, like, they fucking love them. Yeah. They lo- And great, for good reason. Yeah. They're both great. Yeah. Wilkins also gave the potentially the best soundbite in NFL mic'd up history. Do you remember? I, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I remember it being hilarious. I said edges! I said edges! And then it cuts to the next play, and he's coming down on this, like... You know, the line, say the line's all going like a zone right, and he's coming off the back end of it, so he's trying yeah. to close the gap, and the running back goes and makes a move, and he goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> and he just falls. <laughs> and it cussed him on the sidelines. Like, he broke my ankles, bro. He but my ankle's still out there, bro. Oh, my gosh. I said edges. <laughs> oh. Almost as good uh, as the Joe Hayden. I lift weights. Yes. And then the next clip is him getting pancakes. <laughs> Just getting smacked. That's why you can't say that, bro. You never know where they're pointing the microphone. They yeah. got dirt on you. You know what I mean? Like they got, what do you call that? Like, um, they just got shit on you that they could pull up at any time. Yeah. Those NFL films people are crazy. They hold on to receipts. That's what it is. They got receipts. Yeah. And they pull up their receipt whenever it is convenient for them. Sometimes it's the next play. Sometimes it's the next year. It doesn't matter. They, as soon as that happens, you trip up, they're going to pull it up. That's funny. Um, but Caleb Murphy, the more current Ferris alum, eight total tackles, seven solo, but the number that stands out for him, guys, four sacks. Yeah, you got to sack every game. Three tackles for loss, four sacks for him. From an outsider's perspective, looking Wait. at their camp and the news that's come out of it, it seems like he's locked himself up a roster so, spot. let me get that. How many total tackles did he have? Eight. Eight, and uh, he had four, four sacks. sacks. So, quick math would suggest. And three tackles for a loss? Yeah. So seven out of his eight tackles were behind the line of scrimmage. That's good math. That's why we have you back on the pod. Hell that's yeah. impressive. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's just that's impressive. That's crazy. Like, yeah. Those are numbers that. That's just like. Yeah. 
Like, he didn't have the best combine, I remember. Like, pro like, day. Pro, yeah, pro day. Because he didn't get to go to the combine. No. I don't think. Did he, he did go to the combine. Did he? Yeah. Maybe I'm tweaking. And it, he didn't have very good numbers. Yeah, but then I it know shows that. sometimes it doesn't matter. If you can game. Yeah. If you can play. They'll find you. They'll find you. If you can play, they'll find you. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, that, those are numbers that you would expect them to be putting up at, like, at Ferris State. Like, playing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, playing against, um, Me. Uh, against, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was funny. That was funny. No, we would not expect that, those numbers against you. With that ankle, maybe, but. Yeah. You'll be I keep going after the ankle. She's going to bash me. How about your knee? How's your knee feeling? Huh? That is funny. Um, <laughs> so the combine, uh, looking at the, the combine stack, because, yeah, you were right. Um, they had him listed at 6'3", 254 pounds, uh, wingspan of, or no, it says arm. That's not wingspan because it's 32 and three-quarter inches. What is that measurement? I hope it's not his wingspan. I'm going to say 30. I, I, I was about to say wingspan, like 32 inches. That's crazy, dude. What is that measurement? Arm. Is it just like one arm? Like a reach? Yeah. It's got to be, right? You say 32 inches? 32 and three quarters, yeah. And then uh, his hand is 10. Do they do hands for everybody? Is that? I thought it was just like a quarterback and wide receiver thing. I think they do it for everyone, though. They do? Interesting. But his prospect grade was a 5.69, which says the candidate for the bottom of the roster or practice squad. 56, below average. Like we said. I don't mean jack shit. Yeah, it's kind of like also the example. I don't know if you saw him. He was that wide receiver from UCLA. I think UCLA. I, uh, uh, it's a weird last name. But he ran a four nine nine, and he in the preseason for the Seahawks, which obviously for wide receivers, bad. Oh wait, I think I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. like I don't like Jake Witt had a better forty time than him. Well, Jake Wood is also a freak. Uh, but nature. I'm still saying Jake yes, Wood is an offensive lineman. Is an offensive lineman, yeah. and there's been many offensive linemen that have had better than a four nine nine. Yeah, but he still had a touchdown, like a twenty yard touchdown the other day in the preseason game, and he like torched the guy that was defending him. That might be the most embarrassing. Like that guy might have gotten cut as soon as that ball went into <laughs> the air. Like it didn't even matter if he caught it or not. That ball was in the air, and he had three steps on him or whatever. And you're like, you're you're not making. <laughs> yeah. But I was just using that uh, as an. As another example of like... No, yeah, for sure. The combine doesn't mean everything. Absolutely, it but, does not. Um, looking at, I guess, staying on D2, Wayne Cavati, we've, we've showed a lot of his stuff on this particular program. He put out a watch list for the Harlan Hill Trophy. He's got 22 players. Just wanted to brush over some of the names. That being the D2 equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. And the one in the picture right there, guys, the first one on this list... Do we know who that is? Do you guys, either of you know who that is? Come I on. have a bad angle. I can't Do see you? anything. He won it last year, is your hint. Oh, um. Come on. John Matoka. I, I was thinking Mines. Yeah, you got your, yeah, quarterback from Mines. That's John yeah. Matoka, uh, the quarterback from there. He won it this past year. He's he's back, right? He is back uh, for the Ore Diggers. And how many combined yards do you think he had last year? As in, like, rushing and passing. 4,800. 4,800 is a good guess. What do you think, Gal? I'm going to go 5,000. 5,221 combined yards. Wow. That's how you win a Harlan Hill Trophy. And the crazy thing is he beat out Caleb Murphy, who broke the all-time NCAA single-season sack record. Which, 
Which I, I would argue he probably deserved the Harlan. A lot Harlan of people would, yeah. would argue that. There's only been one defensive player to win the Harlan Hill Trophy. Wow. And no one else has even come cl- as close as Caleb Murphy did as far as the voting goes and the yeah. finalists. But, I mean, that's the obvious He pick. held the record that Terrell Suggs had for, like, yes. how, many, how many years? And I don't even know how long. Probably 15, at least. he's been retired for... At least uh, three or four yeah. years. And, and he sh- played for a, a, a long, in the league. long time. Yeah. And I'm shit. sure Terrell Suggs, when he beat it, he beat it, like, I'm sure it was, like, a long-time standing record, too. Yeah. And obviously, he wasn't a D2 guy, or else he probably would have won the damn Harlan Hill, too. Yeah. Shit. Oh, for sure. Um, but his also, I think a big piece for him, his favorite target from last year, Max McLeod, is back, um, who had 18 touchdowns last oh, year. that helps. Matoka had a ratio of 52 touchdowns to eight interceptions. That is incredible. Incredible. That's pretty good. He's exactly 40 touchdowns shy of tying Tyson Bajan's all-time career mark of 159 touchdowns. So it sounds like if could, they go on a run again, there's a chance he breaks Bajan's record. Which I, That was a record when they when they said that. They were like, oh, this is not being touched forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how they always say shit like that, but that'd be something. Unbreakable record. Yeah. I mean, if he has another year like he did last year. Which is going to be tough, you know? Well, yeah. Colorado School of Mines quarterbacks have won two of the past six Harlan Hill Awards. Damn. Did not know there was another one. Um, I want to buzz through some of these other names, though, that are that I think are, are worth mentioning. Brandon Alt, the quarterback from Bemidji State, who came out of the woodwork last year. He's battled injuries and finally got onto the field and went through a solid season. He put up insane video game-like numbers uh, last year, and... He's been a finalist the last two years, excuse me, but he, in the last two years, he's averaged over 4,000 yards and 42 touchdowns. Then you look at uh, probably the best running back in Division Two football, excuse me, being from Virginia Union. That's Jada Byers. We talked about him a little bit. Obviously, it's a quarterback mostly award. He ran for 2,000 yards on the ground, had 21 touchdowns in 2022. Did you just say 2,000 yards on the ground? Nineteen or 1,920 technically, but I rounded up. That's a lot of yards. That is crazy. That is crazy. Yes. Which is really wild. And you know what's even crazier, Trev? He's five foot seven, 180 pounds. Do you know if Virginia Union went to the playoffs last year? I do not. Do you want to check on that for me? Yeah. Thank you. Because I was going to try to figure out how many game, like how yeah. many yards per game he averaged. That's a great. That's a great question. Um, gunning through more of these names on the list, T.J. Davis from Nebraska Kearney. That's going to be a player that um, I would assume is going to step up and have a really big final year here um they are poised in that top half of the miaa uh devin garrison from pittsburgh state they're talking about him being the best tight end in all of division two i mean for a tight end to be on this list is crazy a tight end has never won the harlan hill in its history this guy though definitely fits the bill he's 6'6 228 pounds where is he from again which one the jada byers the tight end oh this is from pittsburgh state oh okay um they did go to the playoffs, by the way. They did. First round, they lost to Wingate. Ah, that's right. Okay. So they played. Would that be 12? They only played 11 games. 11? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, what's that math on our heads real quick? Like 1,920 divided by 11. 172 yards a game. That is average. video game. God. That's on the right. Bro, that's above video game. Yeah. I thought that's, you're playing on like that's my player. Rookie dude. <laughs> that's playing rookie mode. That's crazy. Uh some more no, some more names for you guys. Braden Gleason, the quarterback from Emporia State. We've got uh, Marquise Grave from Southeastern Oklahoma State. 
Jack Mangle from Concord. Trey Stewart, another big-time running back. This one's from Limestone, though. Same kind of area there. Uh, Jordan Terrell from Barton. And then I wanted to throw out some of these defensive names because some of these guys are are pretty big-time. Deshaun McCarthy, uh, the defensive lineman from East Stroudsburg, He's a guy that just made the Reese's uh, Senior Bowl watch list and also has had some garnered some other preseason, like, All-American accolades and things. Uh, one of our sponsored D1R athletes, Abe Swanson, is on this list um, as, as the watch, kind of this watch list for the Harlan Hill. Now That'd be hard to do as a linebacker. Yeah, that's exactly like, what I was going to say. What, what would you even have to do to win it as a linebacker? You, you might have to intercept the ball and then, like, make a passing touchdown afterwards or something crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd have to have, like... A touchdown a game. Like a defensive touchdown a game. A defensive touchdown a game. <laughs> and, and then you, break and, some other record. And have like 15 sacks yeah. and like 15 yeah. forced fumbles. And to still even be in the top three. Yeah. Um, Clay Schiffner from uh, Winona State's on here. And then Trey Vavel from uh, Minnesota State, who we just had on the show last week. And um, Wayne Cavati said that he got the nod because of his versatility. Because not only does he help the secondary, um, he says he should be one of the premier returners in D2 football this season for the Mavericks, who are, I believe, at like top, they're somewhere in the top 10 right now as far as rankings go. So very curious to see how that all shakes out. Karst Hunter is also a name to watch on this list. The guy we just had in the last episode, the new quarterback for IUP. I think He's a question mark because we talked about a lot of the uncertainty that comes with the grad transfer quarterback going to a new system, but you can expect to see really big numbers. Cade Peterson also on that question mark kind of list. Um, the biggest thing with him is he just lost their two best pass catchers in this offseason to Texas A&M and Vanderbilt, I believe, right? Yeah. I think so. I think or was it Wisconsin? I know one. I forget which one was the DB. The I think the DB was Vanderbilt actually. Yeah. Either way, they they went up, right? Yeah. So and then didn't they have someone else go to a, a Mac school? They uh, very well might have. I think they had a receiver. You know, coach. they had someone committed to a Mac school, and then I think he flipped. I think uh, is what you're talking about. I thought it was like Bowling Green. It was, and then, Bowling and then I think they flipped though. That was one of the guys we we're talking about. And then where he went to Wisconsin? Uh, I think that was the one that maybe ended up at Valpo or something, or not Valpo. Excuse me. <laughs> Vanderbilt. <laughs> little different. A little the SEC Pioneer League. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Marginal. Marginal. Um we're gonna talk about Valpo actually in a second here because I wanted to talk about some week zero recap NAI football. And uh let's get the easy one out of the way. Indiana Wesleyan beat the shit out of Lawrence Tech this week. Uh fifty six to seven. Not a good look for oh the blue That's Devils. not a good look for the blue Devils. Not a good look for any American football team. Bad. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know Indiana Wesleyan's notoriously a very good program. Yeah, they're top ten team in the country right yeah. now. So, but uh, come on, man, Lawrence. come on, Lawrence. Tech. Pretty sure it was at home too for Lawrence. What a home opener! <laughs> the stadium was empty at halftime. <laughs> Nobody, uh, even the coaches left, dude. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> uh, that's a tough look. Terrible. That's a tough look. Uh, Indiana Wesleyan has Valpo next week, so that should be an interesting game because that's like. That, those games are always interesting because the competition level is very similar, especially when you have yeah. a really high-end NAIA team going against that very low-tier D1. I could, be see, I could see Indiana Wesleyan winning. Oh, absolutely. That's not, That wouldn't be ridiculous, I don't think. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, probably the best game, one of the best. There's two really solid games. One of them was Taylor. They beat St. Ambrose 37-34. to and that game was, uh, like I said, at least from the score-wise, looking at it, that was one of the best games. I'll pull up the box score here, and then I want to talk about their schedule too because their next four games are going to be pretty crazy. But uh, looking at the box score 
of this one. The biggest number that stands out right here, guys, and the, I think the biggest reason that Taylor probably came out with this one, you'll get their first down uh, breakup here. They had six passing first downs, 19 rushing first that's, downs. That's efficient. That's crazy. They were 100% efficiency on fourth down, three of three, 42% on third down, which is not crazy. They ran for over 300 yards, though, compared to a little over 100 for St. Ambrose, and their time of possession was 37 minutes compared to 22 of St. Ambrose. So, wow. And that game was a three-point game. Wow. If you looked at these stats and you didn't show the score, oh, my. Dude, Taylor had 88 offensive plays to 48 from St. Ambrose. They had 40 more offensive plays than their opponent, and they won by three points. That's crazy. Well, that's not right. Well, I know something How does that not make sense? It make, it make Taylor, it make sense. Taylor threw the ball more than... Um, yeah, because they have 40 too. more offensive plays. That's crazy. That is so wild. Yeah, really, I mean, really good game, though. So, shout out to Taylor. Um, but I want to talk about the rest of, I will not say the rest of their schedule, but the next couple weeks for them, boys, are pretty tough. Um, looking ahead, uh, I wanted to say, oh, so they have uh, Concordia, Ann Arbor, um, this next week which will be an interesting one. Concordia, I think, is ranked uh, pretty highly. I thought. Potentially, it probably depends on the poll. Um, but then looking ahead past there, you go at Butler, at Dayton, so two technically Division One opponents. Yep. And then you go two home games against St. Francis in Illinois, who's top 25 team, and then versus Indiana Wesleyan, who's number five right now in the country. That's a tough schedule. It's a gauntlet. But, but if you survive the gauntlet, then you're going to be straight. Yeah. If you have 88 offensive plays, I think it'd be all right. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Midland, they won over Clark 22 to 14. Bluefield holds, holds on at home versus Florida Memorial 50 to 47. That one was a shootout. Or they just decided not to play defense, apparently. They may have done that as well. They, was like actually, Big 12 didn't even, they actually didn't even put a defense out there, I heard. They were playing sevens, seven. Yeah, they were playing uh, Air Force. Air Force football, yeah. yeah, Or whatever they play in Maverick. Yes. In Top Gun Maverick. On the beach. On the beach. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> They're just going both ways, scoring touchdowns. The other really competitive one that I wanted to talk about, Morningside. They hang on versus Benedictine, 20-17. to 17. That one was crazy because Morningside, obviously from the G-Pack out there in Iowa, that was a team that is picked at number two in the preseason poll to go on and win, being right behind Northwestern, who's in their conference. Um, they went to the quarterfinals last year, lost to Kaiser. They were 11-1. and one. They start league play next week. But Morningside and Benedictine, man, I mean, we've talked about Benedict Benedictine a little bit. Try saying that Benedict three times fast. Is it Benedictine or Benedictine? Benedictine. How do you know? Because I've just watched you know. enough. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Well, remember, you know, were you on the episode with Chim? No. Chimacorafor, he was an offensive lineman. From I, oh Benedict yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, so he's with the Eagles it. right now, which is really cool. At yeah. least it's the last I knew, he's with the Eagles. So that's that's when I started to kind of pay attention a little bit to them. Um, but looking at the, I want to look at the box score here a little bit, see if anything really jumped out to me. But um, definitely a key a key win for Morningside. Again, Ooh. you look at these stats: their total offense, four hundred and five yards to two hundred and twenty-two, yeah. and you're only winning by three points. So. I don't know if this is a red zone thing, guys. Like, we got to put these things away, dude. Like, we got to finish drives. Net rushing yards, 150 to 50. That's not good. Is it special team? It's 2017. They won by three. What the fuck? 
Like, is this a special teams thing? Why are these games so competitive? It's not making sense. No. Oh, you want to know the major difference? What's that? Uh, Benedictine punted the ball eight times. Oh, my God. Really? Punter getting working. He punted for over and 300 get yards. That sounds like special team players of the week. Yeah. And whatever. I don't I don't think they're. They, they're got, the they also conference. got sacked five times. <sighs> and, had, and had two picks. And that's a fumble big. lost. Okay. So. so that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of it. But then how do you not? So Benedict had all those stats you're saying right now, though. Yeah. So how do, how are they still, oh. how is it a three-point game? Yeah, how do you not smoke them? You have all those opportunities. Well, um, Morningside had three fumbles lost. I think they had two interceptions as well, actually. A couple of and pair two of interceptions. interceptions. Yeah. yeah. So, so they had, was just... They had six turnovers. A shit two. show. Got some things oh to clean up, boys. Gosh. Was it pouring rain? Was it actually just mud coming right out of the sky? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Uh, that's it for NAI, though. I want to touch on some of those games because those are some really competitive ones to start the year. Um, week zero, college football-wise, though, guys. We'll we'll finish on these last two couple bits. Notre Dame versus Navy in Dublin. Did you guys get the chance to to watch any of that one? No, I saw the score and I was like, no. Um, <laughs> I walked in after I was uh, bad. sprained my ankle on Saturday, you know, and I was like, oh, I finally get to watch some football, though. And least... the game's over. And it was 42-0 to zero <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Oh, man. And I'm like, well, guess I'm not watching any yeah. football. I mean, I guess the obvious takeaways from this one, Sam Hartman in his first start with Notre Dame, he was efficient as hell, 19 for 23, 250 yards, four tuds. Their starting running back, Audric Estime, 16 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. He was a bowling, like a pinball, I should say. You know say. why they won? Why is that? Sam Hartman's necklace. Is that finished, though? Do we know if that's finished? Yeah, I saw a picture of it. You did? I swear I did. Did he have it on the sideline? I don't know about all that, but I don't. Where'd you see that? You might have to pull I that think up. I saw it on quick. Instagram. I think he was wearing it. No, he was not. In the game would be crazy. Shut up. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> Could you imagine? Also, he's would that be intimidating as an opponent, or would it just be weird? Weird. Yeah, I think also, so. Also, he's like 38 years old. He should That's be doing true. well. That's true. Come on. He's actually 24. But. I saw a great tweet from, um, I'm blanking on his name, uh, from the old Michigan State quarterback, the blonde kid at NIU. Oh. Rocky. Rocky Lombardi. Yeah. He just put out a tweet and said, like, you know, starting my first my la- my first day of 19th grade. Jesus. And he's like, I've literally been in the education system longer than some of my teammates have been alive. That's oh, yep, here it is. It's on Notre Dame's Twitter. Can you throw a can you throw a link on the on the yeah. rundown and I'll pull it up quick? Make sure or just send it to, or just send it to me on the just let me know what you do. I'll pull it up real quick. Um but that running game I saw from, another really quick. I saw another stat that I guess it's not really a stat, okay. but Sam Hartman's 24 years old and playing in college still. Anthony Richardson is two years younger than him. And is a rookie in the league now. And is a rookie in the league, and he's starting. That's almost starting as crazy as the Stetson Bennett stat that we just saw. Did you see that one about that, that linebacker? No, I saw, I saw the one with Sony Michelle. How, how much Sony Michelle has done with Stetson Yeah, because he's retiring like, now. Yeah. and But no, Stetson Bennett is a year older than, I'm blanking the name of the linebacker, but who's a sixth year in the NFL. Oh my god! What? Just did so you, you guys know, did I, you throw it in there, guy. I can't feel well, my foot anymore. I texted it to you, but I'll. Oh, I don't have it on my phone. Oh shit! I'll put it in the. Uh, yeah, throw it on the rundown. I'll pull it up quick. My foot has fallen asleep. Your foot, <laughs> and I can't feel it anymore. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Uh, did you see the Dublin Stadium, though? It was, it was sick. I loved it, it man. It was cool. The people seemed really into it, too. I, I mean, it seemed like the atmosphere was I mean, actually really solid. Well, one, it was like Notre Dame, which was probably really cool. For That's them. actually, yeah. No, you're right. That makes Fighting a lot of Irish, sense. Yeah. yeah. And then two, I did not think about that. Why didn't I think about that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first Did you see the, yeah. like, staff that they carry out? What? Notre Dame? No, Notre Dame. They, like, were gifted to it from, like, a tribe and, like... Are you serious? Like a tribal, like... Something electric as shit. Like in Ireland. <laughs> like native Irish people. That's dope as fuck. Joking. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, I did not see any look of that, Look it up. Dude. Just look up Notre Dame. I'm trying to find the staff. I'm trying to find his necklace. I think you're going to get your staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to just get your staff members. Yeah, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be the search that I Shout want. Shout out to the athletic trainer. Like, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty sweet, though. Like, the fact that they're able to to go over and, and do that is pretty cool. And uh, Marcus Freeman talked about how, like, he said, like, oh, this is the global impact of Notre Dame football. And I guess that didn't really resonate with me, but it actually does make um, a like, lot of sense. Oh, yeah. they, must, they must really like football in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. They're definitely not the fighting Irish. Yeah, really. the Irish. <laughs> Where did you see that, Gavin? I can't find it. What? The necklace. I want it's on to Twitter. See it. I want to see it so bad. I'm look, scrolling through theirs right now. Check the check the document I put it in there. Oh, you did? It's Duff the Reacto. Oh, bet. I didn't see it down there. Okay, bet. Here it is. I mean, it's just like a, in the, it shows it quick in the video. Oh, my gosh. That's it? Yeah. It looks like a fucking shark tooth. <laughs> Are you serious? That's his rib? I think it's just a part of it. Obviously, it's not his full like, rib. Can you imagine they had Dude. a full rib? <laughs> That's what I thought it was going to be. That's originally. what I thought. I thought they were going to like thread the string like through the rib, and it would kind of hang. You know what I mean? That's so just that's just like pieces of his rib. Yeah. So all those little bits are, then there's the megalodon tooth at the end of it? <laughs> megalodon is crazy. I would assume. I, I guess. think that's how it is. Look at that. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. If you didn't know what that was, would you assume I would shark think tooth? I like shark tooth. I would Thank think you. he got that at like a some tourist shop, shop for sure. I got this in Traverse City, like dude. <laughs> Traverse City. I don't know. They got random shit. They can ship them. They can ship them. Not like Lauderdale, <laughs> like Miami. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere in Florida, yeah, or California, or near an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy. What's the rest of the video? Is it highlights? It's just it's just Sam's face. <laughs> in slow mo. He's a handsome chap, isn't he? What is the, what is this video though? Like, why did, do we really need to see him though? Like, yeah, okay, he's a good looking dude. Like, did we really need to get a slow mo shot of this guy? <laughs> Sam's like, I got a video idea. <laughs> Send this in. You think he pitched this shit to the creator it himself? <laughs> hey, I'm gonna need y'all to post this out right now. All right. <laughs> My NIL deal with Baby Back or uh, with uh, Sweet Baby Ray's is riding on this video being posted. We should we should set that up. That'd be funny as hell. Uh, sweet. Otherwise, week zero games. Uh, USC, San Jose State, 56-28. That game was way more competitive than that for the longest time. Why? I didn't get to watch much of it. I just saw the crazy couple throws. Yeah, I just saw Williams. the couple. Of I, yeah, I it wasn't on USC TV defense was. Yeah, it's on Pac-12 Network. Like, you can't watch the reigning Heisman winner. That's so stupid. One, Pac-12 Network or whatever shouldn't even exist anymore because they're not a conference. conference. 
They don't exist. It does, like, there literally isn't a did thing. You see, oh. Did you see that Stanford and Cal want to join the ACC? Judas yeah, Priest. Yeah, get the hell out how, of here. How, how would you have someone on the Pacific Coast be in the Atlantic Coast Conference? Dumb as shit. I don't know. I saw, and then I saw someone like tweet on it. I was like, they'd have to call it the Any Coast Conference. The Any Coast Conference. <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. Um, looking into halftime, though, like USC is up 21-7. And right before the half ends, San Jose State comes back and fires back. Now it's 14-21 going into the half. And everyone was like, oh, shit. Um, USC came out and scored twice. And uh, San Jose State would answer with one more touchdown, but then it kind of got away from them. Uh, Caleb Williams did finish the solid stat line. He's 18 for 25, 278 yards, four tuds. I mean, I think he'll take that just about any night. Yeah. No yeah. interceptions. I mean, that's... It was probably their... Obviously, their defense. Was yeah, that's what I was reading that their defense was kind of... Yeah, you think they just, like, is that one of those things? I mean, it's a week zero game. That was like, aggressive. <laughs> that hurt. You just that grabbed your chest. chest. I, I thought uh, my heart was going to pop out. Holy oh. shit, buddy. I'm falling apart, guys. You are. <laughs> is that one of those things, though, week zero, that I feel like they always talk about the defense has to, quote-unquote, settle in? You right? know, also... USC's defense sucks. It's also USC. <laughs> we didn't even think this is fucking US. This is not Iowa. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're not a they're not going to be a team that their defense is going to go out of the way to win games for them. Right? No. They have to keep them in games. Yeah, that's kind of what it feels. So why was USC bad? Like they weren't bad, but what held them back last year? Yep. Defense. Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. Last piece for today. NFL side of things. Matt Stafford, I said in the beginning, he wants every single cell phone in the L.A. Rams organization and facility to be destroyed. That's actually not the case. But Dove Kleeman will give us a little bit of an update on what is the real deal going on over there in L.A., allegedly. He says here, update, hashtag Rams. Quarterback Matthew Stafford admittedly has a tough time connecting with his younger teammates on the team. Quote, I don't know how to lead people I have no connection with. I have to somehow find a way to connect with them. Stafford even went to the equipment guy to get a book printed of all their faces and all their names. Cause he said, I need to know their names. We need to talk. So I'm going to find their names and I'm going to say, Hey, so how are you? And how was your weekend? He's clowning dude. Dude. He has to he was be. Talk- There's a bit. He was talking about phones. He's like, everybody's uh, faces in their phone. I'm like, dude. Yeah. You sound 80. You got face <laughs> chat. He's just a snapbook. Like, dude, get out of here. You think there's a shred of reality to this, though? Stafford's just being a bitch, right? He's not even that old. He's like 35, dude. Yeah, you're not that old. I mean, I get you just got Instagram, but fucking relax, dude. (laughs) He literally just Also, yeah, he probably is just a cell phone hater because he's always been like anti- This generation. Anti, like, social media. Have you seen his film set up at his house? No. No. So he has, like, his own, like, like dedicated office in his i mean he has a bunch of random rooms in his house because it's big as fuck but he has this office in there that he's got all of his football stuff in and he's got like his little tablet and all this stuff and he gets like i don't know how they have it set up but he's plugged into all their film and like it's like his whole film study room and i guess he just spends like and he's always been super analytical and anal yeah. about that stuff but he apparently they say he just locks himself in there like that's his place I, he probably doesn't even bring a cell phone in there with him probably it's probably not. like aaron Rodgers going on sabbatical or something yeah the darkness retreat <laughs> do you think he's just like grouchy all the time and like i mean if i broke my back playing last year or whatever the hell it was i might yeah, be dude, dude his back is it, it's like dude his it, back is being held together by a couple of paper clips yeah it's was that pieces. trade a steal for the lions they won a super bowl trevor Look at them yeah, but like in the, long, in the long term, the you hear their GM. Their GM literally said, "Fuck them picks." 
<laughs> you remember that? He wore yeah. the street made a shirt out of it. Yeah. I mean, in the long term, but, the Lions want it. Well, that's yet right to be now. determined, I think, right? I mean, their quarterback doesn't even know how to talk to their other so players. Are you kidding me? I mean, look at last season. Allegedly. Where we're going right now. It's yeah, this can't like, be real. Depending yeah. on how the a Lions grown do man, yeah. A grown man still knows how to talk to other individuals. He's got I it, think like, this is a classic case of a shred of truth. That probably about a comment that he made jokingly that has been blown yeah, out. Of I proportion. think he just blew like yeah, a, a book printed of all their faces, bro. Just put in more. <laughs> I effort. have heard that like, I think it was Sean Payton. I was listening to what I was listening to, but I think it was the Saints that used to like everyone would get a book and of everyone's have, names and headshots. Yeah, yeah, and you would have to know, but you wouldn't just have to know your team. You'd have to know every person on staff for the New Orleans Saints. That really? Sounds... That's impressive. That'd be hard. I think it That'd was the Saints. Yeah. How many people? Because when you get into talking about, obviously, the entire coaching staff, but then the support staffs and the yeah. trainers and the video people and the Wait, marketing the and all. The, yeah. Like, if it literally is everyone in the building, there's no way. But if it actually was. But it was be... like, I'm telling you, it was like everyone. So then they could like. So then, I don't know. Yeah, you're quiz? talking like, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, quiz. I mean, yeah, it's not. You're on the, hey, bring you in here, Trevor. You're on the bubble, but uh, if you pass this, we got two offensive linemen <laughs> okay. taking this quiz. They get the fifty third spot. Imagine being on the bubble and your roster spots depends on if you know the guy in accounting. <laughs> okay, it's not literally everyone, but it's everyone they had contact with. The intern that runs the TikTok. What's his name? You know, Bill. He's been working here for thirty five years. Thirty five. What does he do? Well, he's. Uh, we don't really know. <laughs> but, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, we think about he's it. He's been here though. He's here. Great always. smile. Great smile on him. That's what people say about Kobe Manzo. On a <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what he does. He's just here. He's just always here. Great in the smile, dome. though. He's always smiling in the dome. Great smile. We don't know what he does, but. Assistant director for morale. <laughs> <laughs> Assistant to the director of morale. <laughs> Who will be the director of morale? That's me. I'm the main. Uh, thank you, fellas. It's been a good one. That's all we had. That's about it. I'm excited to see some more D2 guys hopefully balling out here um, as we get into regular season action. It's so close, dude. And who to kick it off but the Lions and Chiefs, man. Hell yeah. Woo! It'll, it'll <laughs> be a game. It'll be fun. Thank you for listening. It's been D1 Rejects.